awesome. Hello, Super Nintendos. Welcome to NVC Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 586. I am Seth Macy. I am joined today by Rev Valentine. Howdy, Seth. Herr Schneider. Hello, Mr. Macy. And, of course, industry legend, Cat Bailey. Hi, Seth. I'm rich now. I have 2.5 million bells. I've got <laughs> all the money. Oh, I'm richer than you. Uh-oh. Wow. Have, oh, my have, God, Rev. Oh, my gosh. I have 16 million. Okay, so Cat I'm poor. I'm, I'm, rich, I'm richer than you, and last week I gave one million bells to Eric Van Allen. Wow, that's I'm just nice. flexing here. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, Cat, I'm richer than you. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm the poorest member of the NBC cast, apparently, in Animal Crossing. Well, I have sixty thousand. I can't even buy like a rice cooker, so <laughs> it stinks. But we'll we'll get to to Animal Crossing in a minute. Uh, first, I have a little bit of housekeeping that I need to take care of. Unfortunately. I closed that tab like a freaking idiot. So <laughs> let me find that again. No, we can keep making fun of Cat. Oh, no. You can make fun of whoever you want. Please. I, I've been sitting on the millions of, of belts for like over a year or, or for like a year. I remember when we all traveled back and forth and like we're finding the, the best uh, turnip rates. That's where I made lots of money. And then I eventually ran out of things to spend it on. Like you, you just couldn't spend it because the house was fully upgraded. Now, we can upgrade storage. We can build new ramps and all of that. So it's actually being useful. It's wild yeah, that you got. My... Oh, I was I... Just, it's <laughs> wild that you got to like sixty million <laughs> bells before that happened. Because I got to seven million and was like, "Yeah, this is no one should be this rich. There's no reason for it. I'm going that, to stop." That was the. And meta. now I'm spending all my money to build a commune. It, it was nice. uh, that was the meta game for me was to see like how, how, how much money you can make in the game. But then like I, I got bored of that. My well, entire you, town is uh, is money trees, too, that are not they're all part, jumping part ahead. We're like going to get to the Animal Crossing. I know it's exciting. <laughs> well, I have I have housekeeping that has to be done. It's on order Do for high. So. Guess what? It is November. That means you need to start seriously thinking about the gifts you plan to give this year. Fortunately for you. We've got a live stream coming up to help you find the perfect gift for anyone on your list, even if that person is you. And it is. Let's let's be honest. Make sure to visit IGN.com on Tuesday, November 16th. That's next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific to see Seth Macy. Hey, that's me, Brian Altano and Akeem Lawinson, as they help guide you to the perfect holiday gifts. So, OK, housekeeping's over. Let's get talking about video games. now. Nice. So you guys Brand. are going to do like a, the home shopping channel or gamer yeah. holiday gifts basically i'm flying out to la on sunday and wow. uh gonna uh, hang out in la and wow. you know check out my my star on the walk of fame <laughs> that i'm just actually i'm just bringing a star with me and i'm just oh, gonna nice. stick it here you go look oh my gosh look at money bags money, here money, money. for those who are money, listening money, pear money, is showing money, off his money. money trees uh there are he when he has said in the past that his he has an entire length of his <laughs> island that is just money trees. That is not an exaggeration. He Let is. Let me add absolutely... to that visual that he's running through his island wearing the fanciest little red top hat. I've that is ever true. Seen. <laughs> looking, right like, here. looking like Mr. Monopoly. I just, yeah. I just got, I just got that one. Yeah, it's awesome. I was thinking you looked a little more like Don Magic Wan, but he wears green instead of red. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about. Grand Theft Auto on the Nintendo Switch. Did you guys know that Grand Theft Auto is on Nintendo Switch today? Oh, uh, here we go again. Winter Wonderland. Uh, ah, yes! 
a joke. Well, that's it. The show is over now because that was the perfect reference. Do you guys remember when we did that April Fool's joke? Uh, everything's coming to Nintendo Switch, and it was like a, oh my. a fake and Nintendo the- rep. <laughs> and like yeah. half, half of those games are now officially out because we had like GTA and all that stuff in there, and and here they are. Um, Think about the wish list from 2017, the amount of stuff that people wanted that actually did ultimately come true. Most of the Wii U catalog is on the Switch at this point. I can't think of many games that aren't there anymore. But yeah, we got not just one, but two remasters in GTA and KOTOR. One of them's better than the other, I think. Ooh, which mm-hmm. is better because the Kotor one actually like uh, oh. that is not yeah. what I expected you to say actually. Yeah, Aspire apparently did a pretty good job with this one. They um they weren't super great with the Jedi Outcast or that one had yeah. some issues, but Kotor by and large like one of the cool things about it is that it's widescreen and on the PC version you had to put in a lot of mods and a lot of issues with it. it looks a lot better than the iPad version. It's about as good as you can possibly expect a Kotor. Uh, and the Nintendo well, Switch to look. Someone who missed it the first time around and has always been told that I should play it, maybe I'll give it a try. You should. It's one of the best RPGs ever made. How, how, how do you feel about going back to GTA now? So I, I love... I love the GTA games. I I enjoyed them when I played them, but obviously, like your memories are colored by the last games mm. you played, right? And GTA Five was really like made a lot of enhancements. Obviously, obviously vis- visually, um, it's a huge step over the old games. Like. Do you, is it possible to go back and enjoy them or are they kind of rickety now? I think they're quite that rickety. Is, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was realizing because I love Grand Theft Auto, especially Vice City. It's like yeah. one of my all-time favorite games. But I think back to what I loved about it and it was almost just the novelty of reliving the 80s as someone who was like a little kid in the 80s and you know has like all kinds of, all kinds of nostalgia for it. And also, this was before you could just, you know, tell your... I won't say the name of the device, but you could tell your Amazon device to play a song. And if you have Spotify, it would just play whatever song, any song you could think of. So back in the day when we didn't have that, when you had to put a CD, I would drive around in Vice City listening to the radio until a song I liked came on, Mm. just like we used to do in real life. I don't know if that would be as much fun anymore. The novelty and excitement of, of sort of reliving the 1980s through Vice City. I can just relive the 1980s. The 80s were still cool in 2003 or whenever Vice City came out. So. Does it? Yeah. But, but here's yeah. the added thing. Like, it does it have all of the songs? You know, No, no that's another thing. Mm, that's yeah. one of the challenges with licensing, right? And like going mm-hmm. back to something old. Um, so yeah, you might, you might go back and expecting to hear a certain song and you don't get it. Yeah, but, as long as they have Flock of Seagulls. That, that said, I'm... Uh, I mean, you can play Guardians of the Galaxy for that also on Switch via streaming. Um, that has Flock of Seagulls. But I, I, I'm really tempted to go back. It's just the problem is this month is filled with new releases. And oh, yeah. I've got this backlog of things that I want to still finish. Like, I'm, I'm not, not even halfway through Psychonauts, too, for example. Um, that's the only challenge here. I, d- I do want to go back. The yeah, past four so. years have been kind of an endless treadmill of ports and remasters, right? I mean, just looking yeah. at it throughout this year. And, you know, I'm part of the problem. I certainly buy <laughs> plenty of these games. I bought the Castlevania Advanced Collection and things like that. It's it's I so don't good, mind though. games being continually updated, especially if they're really good onto new platforms. Uh, so to increase accessibility, 
it is kind of annoying, unfortunately, that this is the only version now available on, say, Steam versus the original ones. Mm. And it does seem to be based on the mobile version. Now, if you look at the actual Oof. environments of the Switch version, uh, they're actually pretty nice. Uh, the draw distance doesn't do it a lot of favors, ultimately. Like the new draw distance, uh, maybe it could have benefited from having a little bit of fog. I think the main thing that people are talking about right now are the character models are not great. <laughs> like they uh, just yeah. look really melty. Certain character models, like the the barber from San Andreas, who kind of looks like Morgan Freeman, now looks like somebody completely different. There are characters who don't even look human anymore because they're all like stretched out or like their heads are tiny or they're kind of missing or their faces wasn't are scrunched. And wasn't there a tweet? Yeah, the Uncanny Valley is not great. Wasn't there a tweet you're showing me this morning where someone just had no no face at all? They're yeah, yeah, basically. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Wow. It's, it's the, you know, it's the challenge of adapting games from the CRT days to also the, you know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the OLED and LED day on, and LCD days where like, our minds filled in the lines between um, be- between the actual lines of our displays to make things more realistic. And like now when you see it in like pristine quality, the models look really angular. You get that with Mario 64 too, right? Like yeah. you're playing that now, everything looks really angular. But uh, light- the lighting looks nice. Lighting looks nice. <laughs> Obviously the voice was always really good. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas, one of the best movies of all time. I I also didn't realize that this was a full-priced game for some reason. I thought it was a, a budget game. So, probably going to be waiting. Oh, Rockstar. It's the Rockstar tax. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I mean, this will sell extraordinarily well. But we're watching footage now of San Andreas, and I'm assuming this is running on the Switch because it looks real bad. And the frame rate is... <laughs> the frame yeah. rate is a problem. Mm. That's the thing that always kind of gets me. I get that game development is really hard. But it always kind of floors me to see PS2 era games chugging on the Nintendo yeah. Switch. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Maybe they're not optimized for the Switch and you kind of fiddle around with that Tegra chip and all of that. But it, I'm like, ah, these games are 20 years old at this point. What's going on? It's en- engines, right? System architecture yeah. is so different different now that, you know, it's easy to port an Unreal Engine game to the machine. But like the moment right. you deal with custom engines you need developers who really know what they're doing. They need to make a lot of changes. And so unfortunately, not every team is up for the challenge and not every publisher is is going after the great port team, right? Like if you think, uh, they, if you look at the Doom port, for example, you can see a studio that knows what it's doing and will adjust resolution in order to get the game to run smoothly. And yeah, you, you saw it in the, if you're watching it, you see it in the footage right now. It's like chugging, you know, like you see the stutter in in, in the the footage and like kotor by comparison actually Mm. even though it doesn't have a locked frame rate it actually manages to stay around the 40 to 50 rate and like so like and like kotor obviously is a very different game in terms of it's not a full-blown open world like say gta san andreas but i think you're seeing the difference in the quality of the ports uh here from games that were roughly contemporaneous yeah, and, the, and then there's the reality that the, the Switch is not the most powerful hardware on the market, right? It's still a very slim machine that is designed to operate on the go and balance uh, you know, power and heat uh, and uh, battery life and all of that to get you a good experience. But, you know, it's, it isn't the same as an Xbox 360 that's this big and used to sit in your entertainment center sounding like a jet engine, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, maybe uh, yours. 
It's kind of wild to think that the Switch is still less powerful than a PS4, arguably. Not arguably, yeah. like is. No, it, yeah. And, and you know, an iPhone can beat it too, right? Like mm-hmm. the new architecture, the, the new iPhones um, are, are more powerful, but they also cost a lot more money three times. That is true. It's going to be even like more of a difference once they, Apple switches to its M1 chips for its phones if they ever do something like that because the m1 chip is apparently amazing and and breaks all sorts of things but that's not a nintendo topic that's an apple topic so Hmm. yeah gta it doesn't look great and i hate the fact that i'm still gonna buy it anyway but are you you're gonna buy it yes i'm gonna when it comes out like physical like oh come on i have to i'll buy it and i'll probably sit it on the shelf and it'll be in its shrink wrap forever. And then in 10 or 15 years, I'll be like, oh, I want to buy a new hologram generator. I need some money and I'll sell it on virtual uh, eBay, which mm. will be a, a VR marketplace. By that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah you heard it here first. You got to get some shelves for your spaceship. Put all the games. <laughs> That's right. I'm tired of everything just floating around hitting right. me in the head. Uh. <laughs> Reb, are you going to pick this up? You, no. <laughs> very we lost I'm the only... <laughs> I'm the only person on the planet who has still never played a GTA game. And you know what? Mm. This is fine with me. It's fine. I, really... I, can, I can recognize the significance of these games and respect them for that. And also recognize that this is just not a game I want to play. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, I will say if you've never played a Rockstar open world game before, personally, I would recommend Red Dead Redemption 2 because it is in the top three games of all time in my I'm dabbled in some Red Dead. Really? It is that high, I loved. Huh? I great game. It's it's another one of those games that I didn't beat because I just loved being in the world so yeah. much. And I almost did that with Breath of the Wild. I did that with Metal Gear Solid 5. I just ran around doing arbitrary things because I enjoyed the feeling of being in a world that was so fully realized. So I, I agree. It's it's and and I'm I love Western, so I love the theme, but like the thing that always got me about GTA, apart from the storytelling and like it is very much like kind of Scorsese mob movies, right? Like that sort of um setup and the the Obviously, the performances are really good and like cool shit happens. Um, but what always attracted me to the GTA games is the toy box and DMA. Yeah. When you go back, Rockstar, when it used to be DMA and made games like uh, Space Station, Silicon Valley, they were always so good at that and Party Harvest too. And so when I play GTA, I look forward to driving tanks, flying airplanes, flying helicopters, you know, all of this kind of like submarine in the last one, right? Like that sort of stuff is always super fun. And I just get lost in those. Yeah. I will I like say I CJ. Watched, oh, I will say I watched an incredible speed run of one of the GTA games. Like I think it was a summer games done quick or something. And watching them try to like three sixty no scope planes or whatever it was they were doing, or like <laughs> like, like like land like do weird things with planes. I don't know. It was it was a very cool game to watch someone break all the heck. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I really really enjoyed that. Highly breakable. Cat, what were you gonna say? I was going to say that actually out of all of the protagonists, I like CJ better than anybody. Uh, I like him better than any of the protagonists in GTA five. That's for sure. Really? So, yeah. I, I hate the protagonists in GTA five. I think really? they're all awful human beings. They are yeah. all awful. I felt, disgu- I felt disgusting kind of being in their skin. Um, especially, I, I don't remember his name. Uh, the guy who's the Tre- disgusting Trevor. slob. Trevor, Trevor, I hate I hate Trevor so much. Oh my god! But you <laughs> have to. <laughs> well, here I, I don't I don't mean to let make us linger on GTA. But the brilliant thing about Trevor is 
Trevor is your permission to act like a jackass in the GTA world, right? Like that's the Trevor does things that no human being would do, like jump, you know, a motorbike on the back of a moving train because it's too dangerous because he's insane, right? And so it's kind of cool. Like as I was playing, I was noticing that I did different things playing as Trevor than I would do as the other characters. I always thought that was really ingenious. Yeah. And the uh, actor who played Trevor uh, busted Brian Altano's lip with a bagel in real life. I'm sorry. Tell this story right now. (laughs) Well, I I don't, I, that's not my story to tell. Go Brian posted about it. it Well, Brian go to agent Bizzle on Twitter. It's one of those, you know, what's a true story that sounds like a lie. Uh, That's amazing. yeah, you can't right. leave me like this. Oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna... It's not my story to tell, and I wish I hadn't said anything other than the fact that it oh. was appropriate. To if I hadn't just bought a loud as heck mechanical keyboard, I would be messaging him on Slack right now <laughs> to tell me this so I could relate it to everybody on NBC. But I will not annoy you with the sound of my keyboard. <laughs> oh well. All right. Let's move on from Grand Theft Auto to Pokemon, which is yes. a, a game. Of... Wow! Red wow! Box. That was a reaction. So guess GTA what? GTA Pokemon, I'm here. Pokemon is leaked, and I'm not talking about water types. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. can't know about this. Oh. Uh, She's reviewing well, it. It's It leaked, and people are, are, are mad about it. But um, everyone's real mad because they're complaining that a game that has a day one patch is uh, in need of a day one patch. So that's, that's kind of... Kind of it right there, cat. Uh, would you? Who keeps leaking the code? Like I, I keep, yeah. I, don't I keep know. thinking. Well, this one was like I think it broke street date with the retails. Yeah, oh, I think okay. Okay. Some people got it early. The time we're recording this, reviewers don't even have copies yet. That is yeah, that's crazy. That is insane. But I get because they got it. I, I was going to say for early access copies, they got to be watermarking the code at this point because like it just happens so often. It's crazy. Yeah. No, What's it's funny uh, is that a lot of uh, the people who complain about bugs, um, the reason they have bugs is because they're running ROMs or they're trying to hack uh, save edits. Or, and then they're like, well, there's weird problems happening with this game. Gee, I wonder <laughs> why. Is it, it's, what are they mad about, though, Seth? Are there any specific things like the, just the, the lineup, the number of Pokemon in it or something like that? Or Well, uh, one of the things... Are you going to say it? What? I'm trying I'm not to go spoil in anything. Okay. Oh, I'm Take- trying to go in without knowing what people okay. are upset about. No, 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 no. This is one of the things that is uh, that uh, that Cat was telling me about yesterday was that people are mad that the games have are the same ROM, but there's a flag oh. to decide mm-hmm. which version that you get, and people are mad about that oh, because I guess I they see. expected they were going to make an entire. And, and to be okay. fair, some veteran, some of the different versions have like different major differences, but it's not like they build a game oh. from the ground up for each version it's like they carry a lot of the same dna even the games that do have sort of significant differences whether it's like different dungeons or you know like different that's events funny in them. yeah oh my people god who are cares? mad about it but that, but look, people care some people care i can't no. it's no reason i mean i think people people care who thought that the code was distinct between the two versions but it's it's still arbitrary like have we ever wondered has anybody ever thought that Nintendo releasing two versions of it was anything else than kind of an artificial way for some people to buy two copies or, you know, probably the original intent to create distinct versions. So trading would actually be incentivized that you have to go out and you right. have to find somebody with the, the, the different version. Right. But like, yeah, I don't, I, did anybody here 
sit here and think that it was more work for them to do that it wasn't they were making one game and then they decide what goes in what right yeah i mean it's yeah. like it's like marginally more work with some of the newer games because they do like slightly distinct plot points and things like right. that but yeah they they make one game and yeah. then they take that game and they change some stuff in it and that's the other game this is all about money this does not matter this will not impact how any how you feel when you play this game in any way shape or form this is why i'm trying to avoid the leaks because i don't know oh, what yeah. people are mad about but i guarantee you whatever people are mad about about from data mines like 98% of that has absolutely nothing to do with how you feel or how you experience actually playing through the game maybe like a tiny percentage of it does but most of it is just like little nitpicky intricacies that when you're actually running through the Pokemon world, you're not thinking about. Yeah, and it's like, look, yeah. the people, the people who care this much that they that they need to play the game any any way possible, even you know, illegal download before it's out. Those are going to be like super duper fans that you know live and breathe yes. these franchises, and they're they're going to care about things that maybe general people are not going to care about. But like, yeah, I was curious if there was something something serious, like there was something where. Um, you know, the developer cut corners or something that we really liked was removed. I've heard uh, things, they... but I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm not going to say anything on this particular uh, podcast. I think that the reason, something that I've perceived over the past maybe three years, especially since Sword and Shield, is that the Pokemon community has gotten progressively more toxic. And when I say Pokemon community, I mean the loudest, most vocal elements of it. Um, if you go on Pokemon Twitter or Pokemon YouTube, it's it's kind of a cesspool, honestly. But <laughs> they do have a point at times because Pokemon it's it's just been a weird franchise for the past mm -hmm. twenty years or so. They will you just never know where we, we always say Nintendo's going to Nintendo like Game Freak. You never know where they're going to jump next in terms of how these yeah. games work. You never know which features they're going to cut, and you're like, why would you cut that feature? Why is that gone? And they rarely seem to do the thing that is going to please, for example, the most vocal fans. For example, Battle Frontier, which is a, a park where you can go and do like high level challenges after you finish the game. Like that hasn't been a thing since the days of, I believe, Pokemon Platinum, which was more than a decade ago. And people every time say, come on, bring this stuff back. And Nintendo's like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Game Freak is <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. And you look at. I think that you can quibble a lot about like the actual technical aspects, but I think by and large, Pokemon has never been much of a, a visually impressive game. And as they've gone into yeah. 3D, um, that has become more and more acute. Like personally, I, I kind of miss the the old sprite-based versions, Huge especially thing. Pokemon Black mm -hmm. and White. But meanwhile, there's also discourse. There's a pretty funny meme about like, oh, what your favorite Pokemon generation says about you, and it's like. If Pokemon Red and Blue, oh, you're about 32, probably, thereabouts. And then it just goes down by age, right? Like, people who always go, this was the good old days of Pokemon, they're always thinking of Pokemon as their childhood. And so much of the discourse around hardcore Pokemon fans is, oh, Pokemon has not grown up with me. Well, that's not the point of Pokemon. The point of Pokemon is to get a new uh, group of kids who are just coming up each time right. so they can be hooked into the merch machine. And you know wow. what? They're really good at it, too. <laughs> it yeah, is look, true, but uh, kids, Pokemon's sort of aging out. Like, Minecraft is actually bigger in our sort of survey that IGN does for the first time than Pokemon is, mm -hmm. which is a, a huge shift because Pokemon has always just been like the stalwart. Like, oh, yeah, it's always going to be big. But now Minecraft is is 
At I least think Minecraft's been bigger than that. Pokemon for a long time now. Well, I mean, yeah, one of the biggest the, games the, ever. The IGN audience, I should say. Yeah. But it's yeah, also it's Minecraft. Time. Minecraft's a different thing, right? Like Minecraft is one thing that is like persistent, ongoing. Like it's a thing that kids mm. like hop into every single day. It's their. It's like the fort. It's the Fortnite. It's like whatever right. whatever social space it is. Pokemon is a thing that you buy once a year, and and this is a thing that I think of the Pokemon community online does not think about actively often enough. But the vast, vast, vast majority who are spending money on Pokemon, which is an awful lot of people, buy it, they play through it, and then they put it away. They might like take it out a few more times to like do some online events or trade with friends or get a rare Pokemon from some promotion that Nintendo's doing. But that's what they do. They play through it and then they wait for the next one. And that's like fine and valid and that's who they're making these games for. And yeah, like they're not—they're not spending hundreds and hundreds of hours playing these games. How are you explaining? I'm gonna quibble that? with that. Actually, I think Nintendo. Uh, I think Game Freak is very well aware of the hardcore community, which is why they have stuff like the Pokemon World Championships. And I think that they are well aware of people playing it for long periods of time. But they are gearing these games toward. We'll let the community do its own thing, right? No, I, you're agreeing with me. That's that's what I was trying to say. Game Freak knows this. I think the, the very online Pokemon community, the people that are complaining mm. about these things, don't often think about the fact that most people are just buying it and playing it through once and not thinking about it sure. too hard. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of discourse around the fact that, for example, the story isn't very hard. And I'm like, well, the story is a glorified tutorial, and it always has been. Like, <laughs> Nintendo isn't... They don't yeah. want the story to be hard because they want it to be accessible for young children. Kids have to play this. Yeah. However, I think they've been very poor, especially in recent years, about having game having stuff you can do after you roll credits. Stuff that I can enjoy as a solo player that is not wholly relying on me trading or battling. And I know that Pokemon has always been a social game in that regard, but I do think that it can do a better job of striking a balance and it hasn't done that in recent I think what you guys are describing is kind of like one of the core challenges in any fandom, right? That that grows over the years and persists for decades. And like, I think the biggest example is always the Star Wars franchise. And there are countless kids who enjoyed, you know, episode one of Phantom Menace. And, you know, when, when George Lucas was interviewed, he would talk about like, Jar Jar is not for you guys. It's for the kids, right? It was always a... It's oh, he just said that but, to no, excuse himself. No, no, like, but, but, but I do, and, and I do think that he really means that. But in the end, mm-hmm. it's like, there's no right or wrong in fandom, right? Like, as a grown-up Star Wars fan, I can be annoyed at the storytelling, and I can be annoyed at the, the, the writing and the character interactions and say, you know what, Star Wars, I, I didn't like these movies as much as I liked the originals. And, like, I think that's what you're seeing in, in Pokemon. I'm actually, I was going to say, I'm surprised you, we don't see that more in Animal Crossing where, you know, like personally, I feel like very little has changed over the years. And one of the biggest things that attracted me to the original N64 Animal Crossing was that you could get NES games and it became like this meta yeah. game of collecting them all. And that, you know, they quietly <laughs> removed that because they built up a different business around that. Yeah, but right. An, Animal, Animal Crossing seems just more more positive and like the community seems different and maybe it's just the core the core well, focus certainly the lately but yeah. you know in the dry period there are plenty of people who are saying maybe ah, yeah it's not even as good as new leaf this is one of the worst animal crossings <laughs> well yeah. that's a perfect time to segue into our discussion of animal crossing and it's new paid dlc which i am sorry to say i have not had a chance to try out seth but it's so good it's you gotta really play good. i haven't even gotten brewster to 
put in his coffee shop yet from the free DLC. So oh, from the free Take your time. Too. Take your time. You know what? Play that's, at your own that's pace. That's it. That was the the first cat or last week's cat take. So yes. Yeah. No time traveling. Don't do it. No, no time traveling. No, I would. I would, <laughs> I would never dream. Play that makes you happy. Well, have you been playing uh, the new DLC, Reb? Oh, like nonstop, every day. And so it is making you happy. It's making me really happy. I'm I'm not a time traveler. I am not. I was like, it's hard. It's hard. I can't talk about this last week. I won't rehash this too much. It is like very hard to not feel some FOMO when I log on to Twitter and see everybody posting like they the day one they got Brewster because they time traveled and they they played for hours and they went to all the friends islands and they got all this new cool furniture and I'm just like I'm gonna log on for like an hour I'm gonna do like I'm gonna visit everybody and do my thing and then I'm gonna turn it off and but that that's the way that playing makes me happy so I have Brewster now I visited him multiple times he actually gave me a gift he gave me a recipe last time I saw him which oh. made me very happy Nice. Uh, I've been to multiple Captain Islands. Uh, I've I've just finished Harv's Commune yesterday, and so I have all the shops there. Uh, I've gotten some new recipes. I really love the cooking. I'm excited to make more cooking recipes. Uh, but I haven't touched. I I got the Happy Home Paradise DLC, and I haven't done as much with that. I've only done a couple houses so far because it takes like a lot more time. And I like you said, I'm doing all the free stuff right now. But I've gone in and done a little bit of that. I still haven't unlocked everything there. I don't. Think. but i'm excited to do more it's it's nice i i feel like everybody rushed through all the content in animal crossing the first time and i did on oh, accident yeah. because i happened to have like two weeks i think that was i don't i don't know why but i had like like two weeks very free at the or a week a week very free like right when this game came out and so i was one of the people who played just through very very quickly and i burned through content so fast and i'm trying really hard not to do that this time around so good <laughs> I think the thing that's being shown right now is the 3DS version of Happy Home Designer, but mm. yeah, um, I have really enjoyed the DLC so far because you you go to islands and mm. you can invite your islanders over, or you can just work with randos, and you can design their own perfect home for them. And they'll say like, "I want a kitchen," or "I want a meditation space." Um, Diane says she wanted a meditation space, so I spent a bunch of time. Like, okay, I'm going to have a star wall and like, I'm going to have candles and they have like some specific elements that they want you to put in there. So they give you a little bit of structure and they give you X items to actually be able to use. You don't have to use any of your own stuff. And initially I was like, I'll just kind of get through this. I kind of want to get the items. But now like, now I'm into it. Now I'm like, okay, I'm putting a lot of thoughts. Like, what's the exterior of the house going to be? How am I going to lay out this island? That kind of thing. And it's a really relaxing way to play Animal Crossing in a different way, more structured way to play Animal Crossing. And it's a, it's kind of been like my way of winding down at night before I go to bed. I like it a lot. I'm excited that there's a little bit more structure. Because as much mm -hmm. as I like Animal Crossing, I do sort of find myself wandering aimlessly, not really feeling like, I'm doing anything I was going to say important that's silly because it's animal crossing but yeah I'm ex I'm excited to try this out but here's my question where is it like it doesn't where do you I go to, to get it you have to go in <laughs> Nintendo online and you can download it there and by the oh, way like, okay it's yeah oh, it's, a it, it's like you can buy it obviously and buy. if you're a subscriber well, yeah, you can pay for it, or if you're a subscriber to the higher tier, you can just hit the download button. It's kind of funny, like it, it's very kludgy the way Nintendo implemented it. It's like two options. You could still buy it and pay for it, even if you're a Nintendo Online subscriber. I think it's 
set up. And it says, do you not not want to not buy this? And you're like, no, I, yeah, so I don't even know. You pick it. You have to hit the download button twice, I think, to get it. And then that it doesn't it's not a separate app. Then it will update your game. Right. Okay. But you can't. What you usually used to do is you go to your game and you check for an update and download. An yes, update. that's doesn't what work, I was. Doesn't work like that with this. OK. App. So just PSA there. Um, I haven't done I haven't done the island stuff yet. I've been too busy um trying to get all the different crops and and figuring out all the cooking stuff, um and obviously being smog and sitting on uh <laughs> on mountains of bells. Oh my gosh. Um, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna play some uh, some this weekend and you know my 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 daughter is is playing the game. She's always ahead of me in anything Animal Crossing. So I got almost all the the veggies and crops from her except for carrots, and I just got the carrots in the center. Nice. I'll be. I'll be best. I just want to point out that I invest in my community. I'm not being all Scrooge McDuck with my money bin. <laughs> I've put millions upon millions of bells into every part of my island. I've built out every bridge and inclines. So mm-hmm. take that. It's not that I'm poor. It's that I'm very community oriented. Your island is beautiful. I will absolutely Thank give you. you that. That's your run. I really like yours. Thank you. Does anybody hear a froggy chair yet? Has anyone gotten that? Nah, I, no. I want froggy chair so bad. I think Taylor got one and she was super excited. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My Why is that a meme exactly? Why is froggy chair such a thing? It's it's, it's just, just a funny, absurd. I don't remember how it started, but it, it's just a funny piece of furniture that people liked. And I remember when they announced the game for some reason, like but before they had shown anything off, they just announced it was coming. I'm sure it was somebody somewhere on the internet was like, oh, I hope this is in there and posted it somewhere. And then everyone was like, yeah, froggy chair. And it became a whole thing. But then it wasn't in New Horizons. And so everyone lost their minds. And so now it's just been give us froggy chair. I love that they brought it back because that seems like such a non Nintendo thing to do. And in, in meaning give everybody exactly what they want. Yeah, I think like it normally like it'd be like, it's a froggy oh, chair. It's a, it's a picture. Yeah. I think it was maybe a picture of a froggy case. chair you can hang on your wall. Because, like, in addition to all the new furniture they added, I have I have noticed there is at least some furniture pieces that had previously been in New Leaf that were added in this update. So I think this was just like a way to not only make new things but also take old things that we liked from previous games and put them in. So froggy chair just happened to be among them. But not only did we get regular froggy chair, we got froggy mm-hmm. chair in multiple colors now, and that's this new. Is very cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm look. I'm actually excited about the DLC because the one issue I have is I tinker with my house and I create rooms, and some rooms are really stupid. For example, my bedroom <laughs> is the Shibuya Crossing with a bed in the middle, and it has the <laughs> animated rainstorm tapestry. Or I have a room that just has a train set with a camera pointed at it and a TV screen on the wall, and it's like I create these weird themes <laughs> and they're stupid, what? and then I but then I can't get rid of them, and so yeah. I get new furniture and I just sell it and never use it and so finally now i have an excuse to actually build out new rooms without having to sacrifice dumb room my my main room in my house is filled with plants and the walls are lined with fans that make the plants all move in the wind that's awesome and it's yeah it just looks like a rainforest and like i kind of actually value cockroaches being in that room it just makes it more like jungle. <laughs> they add to the house's value yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> There is no wrong way to play Animal Crossing. Right. I disagree. There is no. There's just kidding. no wrong way. <laughs> uh, you have a very interesting strategy. Mm. 
but I respect it. I also I also have a room that's all the Easter furniture and a skull on the table. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, I did. I did a full haunted house last year for not the, not this past oh, year, for awesome. Halloween, but the year before. So I had I had a room that was uh, I had like a single doll in the center and then all these other dolls in different colors around <laughs> Uh, and I had like like creepy lighting in there and there was like a spotlight cool. shining like on the doll in the middle. Uh, I also had a room with a pumpkin army. So like they had all the pumpkin scarecrows and nice. I had like I had like a big pumpkin at the front of the room or something or like a skeleton or I don't remember what I had at the front. And then I had just an army of pumpkin scarecrows all standing in front of them, <laughs> like waiting for their orders. So I had, I had fun with that last year. When Animal Everyone. Crossing first came out, we had a bit of a game at US Gamer where we had this creepy doll. That was getting passed around to people's islands, and we would bury them. And if you dug it up, you had to keep the creepy doll. And then the creepy doll was being mailed to people's houses and just showing up in your mailbox. And you're like, oh my God, the creepy doll is here. So that's great. I like to see this. That's what I love about Animal Crossing. It just becomes this weird nesting game. And, and, and then it has these weird, quirky, like little meta games to it. And like people just get together and hang out. It's just, just really yeah. refreshing and cool but um it feels like there can only be one right like this is the obviously there's the sims but sims feel very different but like it's such a, such a unique cool game um i wonder what's going to happen in the future how will they evolve this franchise and since they said they're no, not doing any more dlcs does that mean like it's just going to go dormant it's going to die down in the next year and then we'll see a new game that just recycles everything again on the next system is that how it works yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think, think that's entirely fair. I mean, the fact that you could completely redo, redo your island, like terraform your island to the extent that you could that's in Animal true. Crossing was a big addition. That's true. Honestly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but but it's like it feels like everything we get has to come back. Right. Like and that going back to the question of fandom, if you didn't have that in the next game, people would be upset. Right. And so it. To me, it feels like every Animal Crossing game always starts with some like the core package and then adds on over time. And then it just kind of fizzles like The Sims. Yeah. 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 Sims I just does, does the thing every time. And people are like, oh, I like this. I'm going to keep playing it for years <laughs> upon years. And then you get like pets packs and all of that. We haven't gotten mm -hmm. pets for Animal Crossing. There it is. I can't even that carry would, my coffee cup. There, it's an island of animals. You can't have pets. It's different. Um, it's, they're different animals. There's no. the stupid ones. It's the, the, it's the, uh, well, it's the Goofy <laughs> versus Pluto uh, principle yeah. in mm -hmm. Disney. Yeah. Remember, they're fish and you eat them. No, you don't. I mean, okay. You do. It's like in but, Pokemon. It's like there's a hamburger. Are they, is Ash eating a milk tank? What, no, what's going on no, here? This, is, this, is, this way lies chaos. We do not do this. I don't think we get another Animal Crossing until whatever the next gen is. Oh, yeah. Mario Kart. Really yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't think we do. I think it goes dormant for longer than we would like, sadly. Especially because would, the, especially because they're like trading off with the Splatoon team. Like it would be cool to see a spinoff, and I don't mean like Pikmin's two D spinoff, but like something that takes the characters and maybe does something interesting with like them. Happy Home yeah. Designer. Like, no, like <laughs> something something that is less about Animal Crossing's core gameplay, but more maybe they could do an adventure with like Amiibo uh, Festival with, with Cap'n. Like you know, like oh yeah, you no know, I don't want that. <laughs> a 3D co-op action adventure game. Oh wait, that's Steam World. They ruined right, Steam World. Oh. I'm thinking for Animal Crossing, the way that it needs to go into the future, infrastructure. I'm talking SimCity. Let's build power sewers lines and power lines and railroads and public industrialization. 
Yeah. It's like, like the scouring of the Shire. Did you play like a train game earlier this year, Seth? A train. I love A train. I actually right. redownloaded yeah. it to my um to my OLED because I'm gonna be traveling. And I'm like, that's the perfect game. Well, A train's really fun. I recommend I it. I do it's adorable. I do have an actual improvement that Animal Crossing could make. And that is uh, way more dynamic I was interactions. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Way more dynamic interactions with your mm. islanders. The islander interactions have gotten much worse over time. So if they want to win back some goodwill, they can keep back all of the... I mean, they have a lot of goodwill. What am I talking about? They want to have more goodwill for the next version. They could find ways to genuinely improve the Islanders and make them not feel like so cookie cutter. So I agree and disagree with that. I I think you're exactly right. I think most of the problem comes from having only a limited amount of personality types and having more Islanders is great in this game, but you inevitably have duplicate personality types. Like there's no way to avoid it. And so you have two characters on your island that basically have the exact same personality. And I think that exacerbates it a lot. I, as someone who has played for almost 600 hours at this point, I, I, I hear what you're saying because I, I do run into like the same dialogue every single day. And it's like, oh my God, yes, I know I buried fossils yesterday. Thank you for pointing it. Or, or buried money yesterday. Like I do this, I do this every day. I know we don't have to have a conversation about it every day. But also I am even 600 hours in, I am still sometimes surprised by new interactions that I've never seen before. I remember like, like 400 hours in, I walked into my plaza and everybody was just standing around a grill grilling and i had never seen that before <laughs> like what is this where did you where'd you get this it was game it day was, it, it was incredible and like i i have a fr- I, sometimes my villagers pull out magnifying glasses and we'll look at things and they do this all the time but i have a friend who plays about as much as i do and he says he has still never ever seen any of his villagers do this i've and never I, seen that really I, I do I, it all the time on mine i know and i still sometimes get like lines of dialogue that i've never seen before and i'll <laughs> screenshot it on post and people, people will be like oh i've never seen that it, it's I, so it's interesting like i think I think there is a lot of variety there, like enough variety, but there are certain things that crop up so often and so repetitively that it does feel exactly like what you're talking about. And so I, I agree with you. I think, I think there's way to fix ways to fix it other than just adding more. Uh, but yeah. 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 I think, I think Nintendo should add a feature where they, they hire a bunch of people who are able to take control of animal characters in random, <laughs> in random towns and just, start typing text to you like a mechanical com- turk yeah and completely blow your mind and like a character following you going like what are you doing <laughs> just repeating your social security finding ways to ruin animal crossing <laughs> what is wrong with you well let's not ruin animal crossing uh let's talk cat take cat what is your cat take for this week well this week i want to highlight comments from Nintendo CEO Shuntaro Furukawa, who was talking about the future prospects of the Nintendo Switch. He says Nintendo Switch is only about halfway through its current life cycle and that it has exceeded the normal kind of trend line or lifespan of a console generation. I thought that was a really interesting comment that spoke a lot about how Nintendo views the Switch. So if you look back, the last couple consoles the wii u at this time in its life cycle about four and a half years in the switch had already been announced and the wii u was very much on the way out now the wii u one of the worst performing nintendo consoles of all time regardless of what you think of its individual merits the wii which was very successful was very clearly running out of steam by 2010 by contrast if you look at the nintendo switch it feels like the switch still has a lot of momentum 
as a console. It has managed to kind of, even though we complain about uh, the individual technology and how it's like out of date mobile technology, it's worse than the PS4. It shows it has managed to have a lot of surprising staying power. So I'm thinking a lot about like, what will the future of the Switch look like? I think that we're definitely going to get a hardware refresh in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But more to the point, if we're only halfway through the generation, that's like eight years of yeah. the Nintendo Switch, which is an incredible amount of time. And you know what? I'm there for it. I'm not tired of the Switch. In fact, the Switch is one of my favorite Nintendo platforms of all time. I think the question now I'm thinking about is, will Nintendo stick with this kind of conceit going into another console generation? Will they make a Switch 2? And Mm. I think that probably that might be the best call because they have found their niche. They have found a corner where they can make a platform, a device that is very desirable, that people just like enjoy using, and they can put their games on it and people are going to buy it. Will it become irrelevant in the era of cloud gaming? I guess we'll see. But for now, it sure seems like the Switch is here to stay. Yeah, that's it. a good cat take. Thank you, Well, I was going to, I think that uh, they just announced, or well, I don't think they officially announced, but it looks like PlayStation 5 manufacturing is taking a hit and they're not going to be able to make as many as they had hoped, which uh, is a good thing for the Switch, at least as far as being on the top of the sales, because, you know, what, 33 months of top selling, being the top sell, selling console in the United States, it was only recently unseated by the PlayStation 5. Now, that's probably not going to happen very often, at least for the next few years. So that's just more money for Nintendo to put towards the Switch, the Switch Pro. Maybe. So the OLED is sold out, right? Like, mm. well, yeah, that is I, true. I have a friend who texts me always like, did you see any OLEDs in stores? And I tried to give him advice. And like, when, when I see a link go up, by the time he's, he clicks on it, it's already gone, right? So they definitely still have a supply issue with the OLED model. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's a little easier to find the standard one. We'll see come Christmas. Well, what, I, what was, I, I was going to say, I was talking to my friend at Walmart, and he said they've only had 11 come into the store wow. like since it launched. And I happened to be there. <laughs> Thank you, Walmart. So the, the cool thing about Switch is that, you know, like kind of that, that longevity uh, in Nintendo games has been around before. It was just confined to the handheld systems, right? Where, mm-hmm. honestly... There wasn't a bit, there wasn't a lot of competition, even though you know Sony, Sony put up a good fight in Japan with the PSP and the Vita. Um, but generally, you know, N- Nintendo did its own thing in the handheld market, and the devices were able to coexist with mobile phones, which did something very different, and obviously didn't have the Nintendo franchises. And it didn't really matter that much that they were underpowered because developers would make 2D games, and you know, if you remember the the all the great Castlevania games that you mentioned, oh um, already people were playing. 3D games, but the handheld consoles, like the handheld machines, like games, games were felt different. So what happened with game, with machines like GameCube is that they started off strong. They had wonderful Nintendo titles, like obviously Wind Waker and all that. But then over time, Nintendo struggled to compete on the third party front with uh, with console makers who were building online infrastructure that Nintendo never invested in. Right, and so I remember the GameCube days were like. As we kept going on, you know, you would play like a game like Time Splitters, and it was fantastic on Nintendo's machine compared to PS2. But then games went online, and 
fewer and fewer developers were investing as much time into making Nintendo console games as great as the other ones. And like that got worse and worse with the Xbox 360 age, you know, and when Xbox Live exploded. And so the question for me with Nintendo Switch is, is it like the DS? Is it like the GBA where, where it has its own niche? People will make very different games, maybe more games like Animal Crossing, more 2D games, more games that aren't taxing the hardware as much. Or are we going to run into this point where it just feels like we're ready to for a significant upgrade in hardware technology for the system to be able to add another four years of life? We don't know that yet. Right? I this is this is not too like like call people out for reporting on this in any way. But I did want to point out, I thought I had heard this quote before and I just looked it up and they have been using the line, the switch is halfway through its life cycle or midway through its <laughs> life cycle since uh, May of last year. They have been saying that in investor calls over and over again, which I think is interesting because if they were saying it that early, like, I mean, it's been over a year and a half since then. So they they just keep saying it over and over. And, uh, you know, it's at some point it's, it's just sort of, it's very ballpark, right? Like halfway could mean a whole lot of things, but they can kind of keep saying that for as long as they want, basically. And <laughs> half halfway is wherever they want to put it. So I, I do I do think we get we get upgrades to the switch at some point. I I, I don't think there's but any I, way in heck that all I those think rumors- if the switch were losing momentum, they might start being like, Well, at some point we're going to start putting more effort into R and D for yes. the next generation of console. And if you look at the most recent earnings, in fact Nintendo said, yeah, we're doing big investments in R&D right now, which tells me that they're thinking ahead. They're thinking into the future. Well, it takes years. It takes years to make yeah. a new whatever. Yeah. But I, they have, they, they took a gamble when they combined the, basically combined the 3DS and the Wii U or whatever, combined their console and the, their handheld sides into one thing. And they're only going to make one thing now. And no one else is doing handheld. I Steam Deck, sure. Steam Deck is not fighting with the Switch for people. No, people no. are not buying a Steam Deck instead of the Switch. That is not a problem Nintendo has. People who are like very hardcore Steam people who want to play that stuff on handheld will do it, and that's fine. But Nintendo has their handheld market. They don't have to fight with Sony. They don't have to fight with anyone else for it. I think it would be... I, Nintendo does very weird things. I would be shocked <laughs> if they didn't try to do some... Because they love being experimental. I would be shocked if down the line they didn't try to do something... That is again very surprising and experimental and maybe doesn't work with their next device. But I I would be really shocked if they deviated from this sort of hybrid model now that they have it, either to get rid of handheld entirely or split again into a handheld device and a console device. I think that would just it would be absurd. They would lose so they would lose this big market that only exists for them. I completely agree with you. I, I still think and, and I, I also agree, Reb, that We'll see something from Nintendo where we go like, "What? Well, they're making a standalone karaoke machine or something?" Yeah, like right. they, they always they put do... a crank on the switch. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Uh, they always do strange stuff like that, and and we love them for it. But like, it feels like this hybrid model is working really well for them, and I couldn't imagine them walking away from it now. But like, you know, they they're they're always very original. To your point on. Um, the halfway through the life cycle thing. I, f- I feel like I remember them saying that with the Wii at one point too, and it wasn't true, where the Wii kind of crashed hard for a segment of the audience. There were like lots of mainstream players who were still buying the device, but the attach rate was kept on declining and people mm. weren't buying as many of these kind of core games anymore. And it almost killed that sort of core game business for them. Um, but I, 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 
I think the switch the switch definitely is unique and it's it's carved out a niche for itself. And I imagine the next switch the next Nintendo console will be called Switch something. It will yeah. be more like switch DS to the 3DS, you know? The yeah. thing is, I think we we talk about Nintendo going to Nintendo. I think Furukawa has kind of shown himself to be more conventional than for say Iwata, especially in the way that he's using Nintendo's individual IPs. Mm. Um like pursuing movies and theme parks and that kind of thing. That seems to be yeah. his big thing. So it makes me wonder if, like we say, Nintendo, like we never know where Nintendo's going to jump next. Well, maybe in this case, uh, Furukawa has a better kind of grasp of what Nintendo's individual strengths are and will lean into them in the next decade. Yeah, the the Mario Kart game that we we got last year, right, where you actually drive toy cars around, like that's an expression yeah, of of them messing around with you know the IP and doing something uh, different, and obviously. We're at the start of Nintendo now expanding into movies. We'll see. The Mario movie. Chris, the Chris you know, Pratt of Chris Pratt. Yeah. It might uh, be. It could be a billion dollar Pixar level mega hit. Or it could be, you know, somewhere in the middle like the, the Sonic movie or, or uh, you know, Pikachu. Or if, if I don't Pixar, think it was, it's going to be a dud. Well, if Pixar were on board, yeah. I think it'd be the biggest thing in the world. If DreamWorks were on board, I'd say it'd probably be pretty good. Illumination made minions so it's a huge that, hit right like it was a big hit well like Damn, that is true that is true i did visit facebook lately and see all the children children oh them. i was gonna say boomers but uh, boomers minions, like oh well yeah you're probably they right. love sharing boomer me or <laughs> minion memes <laughs> minions minions uh, minions did a box office uh total of 1.1 billion dollars <laughs> The movie. Oh so, and and I do think like that was a. Oh it, my god! Kids love these so characters, right? Even if they annoy us. But like, I I do think Mario has the chops to go there, and like you know, Donkey Kong could be Especially big. With Chris and, Pratt. Yeah. And then we <laughs> then we gotta That's ask. Rogan. So strange. Then we gotta ask like, what does that do to their toy lines and their their console business? Will it jumpstart new things? Yes, it will mm-hmm. make them even more money, but. Moving on from cat take, now that we're talking about Chris Pratt, as we do every episode now, I need to talk about my pitch for the top 100 games of all time. Nice. This is a little bit int- little bit different because it's actually not a Nintendo game, but it was <gasps> a game that you could only play on a Nintendo system, the Super NES. My pitch for the top 100 games of all time is Final Fantasy 3, which everyone calls Final Fantasy 6 now, but I bought it as Final Fantasy 3, and I'm old. And I'm set in my ways, but Final Fantasy, I'll just say six for the sake of clarity, is probably the best JRPG of the 16-bit era and is so much better than Final Fantasy VII, even though I really (laughs) like Final Fantasy VII and it was a super important game for its time. But Final Fantasy VI, on top of the fact that the story was just incredible, like just like Greek tragedy, Shakespearean, in uh, like just in scope. So many characters. You didn't even have to have all the characters in your party. <clears throat> the little Yeti guy who just like appears uh, later in the game. You didn't know. You you might just not even uh, recruit him into your party. But you have this huge party. You have the best sprite work on the Super NES. I want to say for any JRPG, just everything about it is so charming and wonderful oh, yeah. from the character designs to the enemies, to the final bosses, to the locations, the gameplay, which is what blew my mind the most was that instead of it, I mean, yes, it's a turn-based role-playing game, which I love because 
I'm a purist also because I'm old set in my ways, as I said before. But the fact that you could put in Street Fighter style moves during a fight with one of your characters just absolutely blew my mind. And it was one of the, the coolest things I had ever experienced, not not to mention all the other uh, attacks and uh, uh, weirdness that was going on in Final Fantasy VI. If you have not played this game, I absolutely recommend it. It's on the Super NES Classic. It's uh, uh, That's actually probably the only way to legally get it. Now that I think about it, or oh, get the, it's on iOS. It's on. Oh, it's a, on i. Yeah, there's multitude a of platforms. Did they not put it on Steam yet? It's not. No, uh, they not just yet. came out with five and the Pixel Remaster. Yeah. Which, okay. by the way, I picked up the original Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster, and it's a lot better than I thought. So when this one comes Good. out, absolutely, yeah, play it. it you is, did a great job with the music. Yeah. The, that that was the one thing, Seth. The music in this game is so freaking good. Oh yeah. my god! I mean, yeah, the music still the high point. Four, five, yeah. and six are just one of the best, best on the Super Nintendo for sure. Oh, and mm-hmm. I just love the like weird steampunk sort of aesthetic, like medieval steampunk sort of thing, and the Mode Seven effects. Oh my god! Yes. You're flying around. <laughs> I used to just fly around. This is what we did back in the 1990s. You would just fly around over pixels <laughs> as math happened. In the background because it was so amazing at the time but yeah man final fantasy 6 i want to play this again now after watching this i wish it were available on the switch to play because that is the best way to play it but that is my pitch for top games of all time not a nintendo game but it was only on nintendo super nes final fantasy 6 no one here is going to fight with you on that not a single person what no that's a lie no also reb you're breaking up yeah, what what did you say, Reb? No one it. here is going to fight with you on that choice. No, no. 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 <laughs> we might I, quibble with it being the best RPG of the 16-bit era. Yeah, Chrono exists. <laughs> yeah, we 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 all did. We all did a raised eyebrow. Chrono Trigger uh, over that is one. amazing, but I don't. Uh, this is just me. Oh, like, are we having really, this conversation? I are we having this conversation? It's well, it's not. The same. It's an action RPG. So oh, that, it is not an action RPG. No, no, it's not. First You're thinking of, of mana. You're thinking of oh, mana. Oh yeah, yeah, god, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, forget it. Then. It's Chrono Trigger is yeah. amazing, but it didn't. Uh, we we this we could have we, this will be our holiday uh, break. It's like show. genuinely. Just, it's like genuinely a really like like. Tough, right. I, I don't think there's a right answer. I think that. Yeah. I think they both they're both absolutely incredible. Like easily in the top 100. I think ultimately it comes down to taste and tone like how much like what what kind of tone resonates with you personally yeah, well like in the end and and chrono trigger the, the the sort of unbridled optimism and adventure got to me more than uh, the, the, the little bit of dystopia in final fantasy yeah they're, and then, they're oh, both i love it see I, rev is very wholesome and understanding <laughs> i'm gonna say that chrono trigger okay final fantasy 6 has its individual strengths but chrono trigger has a better more memorable cast. It's much tighter. The pacing is a lot better, and it is a once-in-a-lifetime combination of Hironobu Sakaguchi and Yuji Horii coming together. Dragon Quest Final Fantasy, the best strengths of all. It is mm. the apex of Square on the 16-bit era during the Square like absolute golden age. So, yeah. but yes, Final Fantasy VI. I think it's the best one in the series, and yeah. I think oh, it's absolutely. one of the. Yes. Top ten RPG of all time does yes. has to be on the list. Has I'm with you. And then the interesting thing about 
Chrono Trigger. And like, I'm honestly always torn over which one I, I say I like better, but Chrono solved some issues that annoyed me by the time I got to six after playing all the Final Fantasies, right? Like not being able to see the enemies on the map and like the random encounters and like leading you oh, into a dead end. Though leading you into a dead end to get an extra thing and then having to backtrack being attacked to go the the right path and not Love knowing which one was the right path. Stuff. Like Chrono solved for a lot of those issues by, you know, showing you enemies on the map and like the way it, it, it did it, like the the whole system. And I, I love the tra- time travel aspects and some of the kind of big moments. But man, like I, I absolutely, Final Fantasy, the, the Mode 7 stuff and the traversal, um, when you unlock that, the way that feels, the world, the way the world looks, I love the grid-based system, and then uh, the music is just so fantastic. Not I mean, it has amazing music too, but still, um, it, it's hard to compare these two games because they do feel and sound and look very different. Yeah. Don't poke the activist kids. I will also just throw <laughs> out there: we may, if you have never played either, either of these games, if we sound like a bunch of olds. Uh, I played Chrono Trigger when it came out on the DS for the first time. Yeah. And I played Final Fantasy VI for the first time, I think just like two, three, four years ago, like not that long ago. And both of them, like as an RPG fan, oh both God. of them are in like my top games yeah, of all time. They're both, they hold up so well. Please Final give them a chance. Is that great played. opening? Square mm-hmm. Square just got an Octopath Traveler FF6, honestly. Uh, I, that's what uh, everybody's waiting for. Yeah. That is my yeah. dream. Bring it back because like it, it, the music deserves to be heard by people who've never touched this game. Just that alone. Bring it back and, you know, the dialogue is a thousand times more interesting than what we got in Octopath. Yeah. I think the Pixel Octopath Remaster, Babbler. when I first heard about them, I was like, oh, it's going to be like Octopath. Oh, that. That's great. And it's, it wasn't like Octopath. Yeah, that's what but, I thought too. Yeah. I was... Yeah, but they are better yeah. than I, or at least part one is better than I expected. But it is, it is not what I exactly wanted. But this, this opening alone, man, it's, it's so good. good. The whole opening, the <laughs> opening <laughs> sequence to this, like, oh, it's, it's such a good game. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna hook up the old Super NES Classic and and uh, and grind on some levels because I do love to just grind JRPG levels. But anyway, Heck yeah, that's, that's my top 100 pitch. Final Fantasy VI. Best JRPG of the Super NES, and that's what I say. Now we're going to go to our news blast. We are at the two-minute warning. Uh, I don't know why we say the two-minute warning, because that means that there's only two minutes left, whereas this is a two-minute segment. So mm-hmm. uh, we already spoke about uh, Shintaro Furukawa saying that the Nintendo Switch is at the midpoint of its life cycle. The foundation has been laid for what we consider conventional hardware cycle. Boom. That's some news. Guess what Miyamoto said? We've got new things with 3D Mario. He says... Uh, for 3D Mario going forward, we want to try expanding further in new ways, which is great because I think we all were so worried that they were just going to make the same game over again. It means not nothing. Doing, just Mario Odyssey Deluxe was what we were I mean, to New Super Mario Brothers did happen multiple times. That so. is true. Well, I I have a very soft spot in my heart for the. I think I like those games more than most people because we played them when Connor was like just getting into games and there was okay. a lot of, of hectic. To, insanity to, to me that's code telling people don't expect mario galaxy 3 you oh. know because like miyamoto sometimes drops these things where he goes yeah we're gonna try something different and like in some cases man you really got something different you got something like paper mario you know as a spin-off um but i but i think in this case like we've we've seen odyssey and you know odyssey very much goes to like 
kind of replicates the Banjo Kazooie model of like taking on different forms and different powers. And so maybe this means they're not going to go down that route and they'll focus on something very different. So you also take that to mean don't expect Odyssey too. I, yeah, I think I take that as yeah. meaning they'll do I, something different. Yeah, I hope that I love Odyssey. It's I think my favorite so Mario game, but I, wow. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want them to just make the same Mario. I, I, Love Mario Sunshine because it's so weird and distinct from the others. So. I, I, I honestly, at that. Mario Sunshine's great. No, Mario Sunshine's great. I'm like, I'm laughing out of joy because I'm happy that I'm not the only one who thinks <laughs> that it's Seth pretty, laughs pretty out of joy. That's wonderful. Remember, we got we got a little mini 3D Mario experience experiment recently where we had an open world Mario game. It was more compact and smaller, obviously, but like I could imagine them pulling on that string a bit more and trying to mm. do something a little bit more. In an open world setting for Mario, um, yeah, it, that was so. Everything cool. has to be open world, but it forever. But, Pokemon's open world now, not really. But they did such a nice job with it. I honestly think yeah. that 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 little game doesn't get enough credit. It was just it was really cool. cool, man. Like if they did something like that with a more varied world, and like you literally could go on the snowy mountain from far away, like, and the focus is on platforming rather than like combat and. An exploration like in a Zelda game that could be really cool for the franchise. One of two things is going to happen knowing Nintendo either they'll expand on it and make it like this incredible experience, or they'll never speak of it again and we'll never yeah. see <laughs> anything like it. Uh, and we'll always wonder about it. But, uh, oh, other news the Black Friday bundle has been announced. It's the same one as it was last year, which was the same one as the year before, which was <laughs> an updated version of the one the year, the three years before that. So, um, if you want to get a uh, Nintendo Switch for somebody who doesn't have one, you can get it with uh, Mario Kart Deluxe, download code, three months of um, Nintendo Online, and that is the V2 Switch with a longer battery life. Two ninety nine. Expanding on Mario, but can't expand on their Black Friday deals. No, they, and why, I mean, look, that's my <laughs> job is to, you know, like do like Black Friday stuff, and I can tell you that they don't need to do anything with that Black Friday deal. <laughs> it is tremendous if if you if it weren't for the fact that you can't still get a playstation 5 or an xbox um I, i'm almost certain that'll be the best like selling console of the, the the holiday season so and and swollen will sell out anyway so yeah of course they're yeah. gonna drop the, the price on the standard. oh it's yeah. the official nvc way oh the i haven't heard that yet yeah, I casey love that. casey you know she made it official it's the swollen swollen yep, yep. <laughs> that was our two minute news uh breakdown even though it was like five minutes so please don't don't leave nasty comments about that real quick i want to talk about what we've been playing and then i want to get on to everyone's favorite segment which is question block but i've been playing animal crossing for like a tiny little bit i've been playing a little bit of fantasy star 4 mostly i've been playing nintendo stuff because i did the um call of duty vanguard multiplayer review and and then forza horizon came so nobody wants to hear about that stuff. But Pear, what have you been up to? So yeah, I've been playing mostly non-Nintendo stuff because Forza Horizon 5 is out and that's one of my favorite gaming franchises. So I've been uh, sucked into that. But I did play, obviously, I played a bunch of Animal Crossing. We talked about that. Uh, I'm playing some Super Mario 3D All-Stars. That is my chosen version of Mario 64 emulated on the N64. So overlays overlays up prettier, mostly because I got the N64 controller, so, so I'm using that. But I'm actually playing a game that's very much uh, under the radar um, that you might not have heard about, and that's called A Pretty Odd Bunny. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I I played it because it is made by one of the members of our NVC podcast forum. Oh, yeah, Facebook. I saw that. A- oh, that's so yeah. cool. AJ made this one. And, uh, you know, he says it, it, like NVC in the, the NVC podcast group has been an inspiration for him to actually make this game and, and keep up with it and finish it. And it's like it's a it's a 2D stealth action game. Like you're this weird red eyed rabbit that is honestly <laughs> more like the rabbit from uh, uh, from Monty Python uh, that 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 wants to just kill and eat pigs. But it's a stealth game. You have to sneak by sleeping enemies and kind of get through the levels without being detected in order to get to the prize at the end. It's very cute and very well made. I'm, I'm actually digging it. Yeah, and that's, that's really neat. a pretty odd bunny for those who are it's very strange. opening up eShop right now to try to find it. Reb, what have you been playing since you arrived in the Bay Area? Yeah, um, I mean, I'll just go rapid fire. Like, I, I'm obviously playing Animal Crossing. Uh, I'm still playing Ring Fit Adventure like five days a week. I'm almost done wow. with New Game Plus. Uh, wow. I, I'm a couple of worlds from the end of New Game Plus, and I'm going to go into New Game Plus Plus after that. I'm looking forward to picking up. Is that a thing? New Game Plus Plus? Oh, yeah. Did you not know this? No, so, I didn't. Oh, this is actually very funny. So Ring Fit Adventure, you play through the campaign. There's, uh, I think, don't catch me on this. I think there's like 23 worlds. Uh, and then you beat Drago. And then there's New Game Plus. And when you go through, it is the exact same campaign, like the same levels, uh, the same monster battles. Everything's leveled up because you, you bring your levels over with you. So everything is higher level and you're still getting a challenge. But the only thing that has changed other than that is the dialogue is all different. So it's all the same animations, the same cutscenes, but the dialogue is different. And I mean, I'm, spoilers for like a two-year-old game at this point. <laughs> spoilers at the, for at the end, adventure. when you beat Drago, it's, there's this whole thing about like toxic toxic fitness culture or whatever and he he becomes your friend like he becomes your ally uh-huh. so in new game plus uh-huh. he's your friend but you're still fighting him and so the whole premise is that he's now trying to help you train but this gets very weird with some of the oh, things wow. he does um i i won't actually say this just in case people because you know i think the story is like fun to play through but there are some plot points toward the end of ring fit adventure that are things only a super villain would do that drago still does in new game plus because they mm-hmm. didn't change any of the animations but they have to justify it in the dialogue and it it's very funny it's cute i i do not begrudge them this games are hard to make very few people are seeing this content and i'm so glad they gave me this much wiggle room to keep playing the game even after i beat it once i have no idea what they're going to do in new game plus plus but there is there's apparently three distinct like stories that you can go through um and it's awesome. I've, i put in like i'm That's sure i put in near 100 hours to this oh break fit Rink one of the best like, games of the generation it's so Rink, good yes, it's yes so good. It's gonna, one of the best games i've ever played it is best so fitness good. game ever made commerce That's editor here yes. it's gonna be on black friday solid yeah. like really solid it's rpg if, if Red's anybody pitch for the top 100 if anybody was <laughs> listening to this wants to like try to get into ring fit again and wants like some tips for actually sticking with it like like message me i will help you there are things you can oh, do yeah. like I'm doing it. there are ways to like adjust it so you don't just get burnt out in the first couple of days seriously play ring fit nice. it's so good uh i'm playing pikmin bloom i'm mostly just playing forza horizon yeah. which is not a nintendo game well um while i'm waiting for a certain review code uh mm. but just on that note with the discussion we had before about fan culture being very harsh I don't know anything about this game. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but I will say, please, please be kind to your reviewers. Uh, it's a review is just an opinion. I'm a just little a- nervous about. I'm a little. I'm a little nervous about this one because you got your of, back, Rob. Because of all the leaks stuff, I know you all do, and I know I know the MVC community is really lovely. But like, yes. you know, tap your friends on the shoulder, but and be like, hey, reviews are just one person's opinion. 
be kind to them, even if they don't like or do like a game that people you want objective reviews. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it, uh, the, the video game is a video game with controls and graphics. Yep. Yeah, they inspire the similar passion and sometimes they inspire really scary passions. Yeah. So. Be, be kind to people who are simply sharing the, the things that they personally feel. Yes. Before your passions are inflamed. Kat, what have you been playing? My passions are being inflamed by Animal Crossing at the moment. I probably could play that for another month or so, but and then I'm also swapping between that and Forza Horizon. I'm in a little bit of a holding pattern at the moment because I am waiting for SMT5 to show up in the mail because I got the physical version showing up. And also, I'm going to be playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl because, as I was alluding to in my preview, I'm actually kind of hyped to be going back to more of a classical Pokemon experience from, you know, the mid-2000s. It was a, you know, a nice nice time time. for me in terms of Pokemon. And I, I have a lot of fondness for... Uh, the Sinnoh region and for those Pokemon, I'm getting my pal Chimchar back. So I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I'm also looking forward to it. And I'm looking, I bought SMT on your recommendations. So I'm starting playing that probably tomorrow morning. So let's talk about question block. Everybody's favorite segment. I'm loving that we are having a little bit more time for question block. And I apologize for skipping over it, but Greg Behe, B-E-H-E, apologies, wants to know what is the best fake language in a video game and i am torn because oh. i think the tamadachi life uh, language is the best one but i also think the pikmin aliens is the best one just because of the way he says Brittany. so reb you had your hand up <laughs> yes. very excited What's- oh my gosh simlish is great animal crossing which is great but the ultimate one for me deep cut folks Whatever those languages are that they have in Artonelico. Have any of you ever played the Artonelico games? Oh, yeah, that is a deep cut. It wow. is. They're these yeah. RPGs. I think they've made, I, I've only played the first one, so I am not like an expert on the series. I'm sorry if I get give this wrong. They're these RPGs. I could, I, I've played the first one. I could talk all day about how there are certain things about it that are brilliant and other things that make me like just throw the game in the garbage. Uh, but the coolest thing about them is it's this world where music is part of how magic and technology and power all works and they wrote like multiple extra languages for the music in these games to be sung to and they're like languages with like their own grammatical rules and their own like like words and translate like they're fully formed languages that they made and if you listen to the soundtracks for these games which are absolutely incredible all of the arginelico games have amazing soundtracks like people have done translations of what these mean based on like the bits of language that they can figure out from the games and how they how they've been able to translate it um and it is it is complex and beautiful and sounds like this ethereal fantasy language that because it's supposed to the, the music in those games is basically how they do magic and it sounds like a magic language it sounds when they're singing it so it sounds cool. like magic's supposed to be happening somewhere please go listen <laughs> to the artinelico soundtrack it is oh wow we've got footage for that too wow. incredible that's why red oh, yeah. is so good you oh. talk about anything and red like has it within arms this reach opening, the opening just watch the opening to the first artinelico oh game. man and, like, this like, looks cool of, i'm pretty sure that half out. of the opening is in japanese but the other half is in this like song language and oh my god it's so cool it just uh, it, when the shooting star goes and they're singing and they're ah it's really good artinelico right. i i do not recommend playing these games generally because i think they haven't aged great in some ways Aww. uh but listen to the soundtracks holy okay. crap sorry if you love artinelico thanks for talking maybe, about RPGs. maybe the later ones are better yes. final fantasy 10's albed language 
which oh, okay. begins with you don't understand their language at all. But the more you play, the more you pick up and you can start to understand the text. And then if oh, you go yeah. back and replay it and you understand all of the Albed, you can see all of the context when the characters are talking, which is That's pretty neat. So it was a, a fully formed, fleshed out piece of uh, content that was designed to kind of uh, have replayability. And it was a fantastic piece of world building at the time. Yeah. And sadly, Final Fantasy uh, doesn't do stuff like that as well mm. as it used to. But back in the day, do a lot of things as well as it used to. Yeah, and you can play FF10 on the Switch because that is true. All of I think I have it on the yeah. Switch actually. Uh-huh. I I personally really like the the fantasy, the silly fantasy languages like in Pikmin and Luigi's Mansion. You yeah. know, if you think of Professor Egad and it's like city, city, like the weird <laughs> the weird words that Nintendo makes up, and then they stick with it and they keep having their characters repeat them, so you can't forget them. I love that honorable mention for Banjo Kazooie's fart noises and like all the animal noises. <laughs> like that franchise always had the most ridiculous animal sounds and character sounds. And then, um, you know, Animal Crossing, which is phonetic Japanese, right? Like you, uh, oh, it is? if you listen to it in Japanese, the characters do because it's kakekiku, right? Like it's a, it's a phonetic language. And so they will say things just super fast and you can actually hear the Japanese words. Obviously, when they speak in, in yeah. English, it, it reads the, the English pronunciation. It doesn't quite work, but it's like you hear like, like I understand is like wakarimashita or something. Oh, I know and, that uh, my yeah. favorite thing is when I donate something to Blathers and yeah. the text says marvelous and he goes, Mamalo. Yeah. And they go in, in Japanese, it's like, Arigato. right? It's like <laughs> really good. Yeah. Oh, you're so good at this. Yeah. yeah I'm really good at impressions, but this is very good. <laughs> I'll do the original Star Fox voices. Oh, good. Oh, but we all right, uh, I've, I've tabbed out. Okay, so uh, Harry, oh, dude, why do I keep getting people with the names that are hard for me to pronounce? Loizides, Lois, Louise, L O I Z I D E S. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Harry, longtime fan and friend of the show, I w- and whose name I can't pronounce. Obviously, Harry, longtime friend Harry says, "With the world ends with you having a week long game trial as part of Nintendo Switch Online, what game would you like to see also have oh. a game trial?" people to try who may otherwise not buy that yeah. explains why that was downloaded to my switch this morning for ah. no reason i was wondering why that popped up well there you uh, go hmm. what other game five that's was gonna be I, I mean i know i already bought yeah. it but i would have played a, you know, a, a a preview of that more than a demo like let people actually get their get into this game and start to grok it and i think you're i don't think you're gonna beat it in a week uh, unless you're a complete maniac, so. <laughs> I th- Which, I think, uh, did, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Like any game franchise, like I, I always think about that too. Like there are these game franchises that I've never played, and like there's this huge barrier to entry because you're already on installment number nine of a series or something. Like I love it when they do a demo where you can play the game from the beginning rather than jumping into the middle of something and really get a feel for it. And um, yeah, I would, I would love to see them do that for for games like SMT. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for Nintendo Voice Chat. Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your questions to NVC at IGN.com or on the post on the NVC Facebook page, which you should join because it's a wonderful community. Also, uh, tell two friends about NVC and they'll tell two friends. and They'll tell two friends because we want to get it bigger. and We want more Nintendo people to, to hang out with us every week. I want to thank 
Reb, for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> I want to thank Red on the ones and twos and Logan behind the scenes. And most of all, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Get Whoa. The thing. <laughs>